difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. You can stay over there. And we're back once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And joining me here, on uh, on the line, he is going to be fighting. It's going to be Mosley's on with Charles dead in Massachusetts. And, well, he's been a very busy bee the last year, almost the last year, with this will be now his fifth fight in over a year. Well, he is going to make uh, the best that he can during this pandemic. I give you, once again, all the way from Troy, New York, he'll be fighting at a, a catchweight, lightweight. I give you it is... Ray J. Bermudez. Uh, Ray J., let's start off here with, so this fight, you've, since 2021, you've gone from 145 to 140. Mm-hmm. Now you're dropping yep. that back to 138. Uh, why, Indeed. what is the ultimate weight? Do you plan to go down to 135 altogether, or is this something that you um, said, all right, let's see if I can just tease it a bit? Yeah, so uh, the 145, I don't I don't normally fight at 145. That was like a, a catchweight last-minute fight in uh, in Mexico, I believe. Um, but I've been fighting around 140 my whole career, but the goal is definitely to get down to 135. Now, why is it? Why one? Thir- why is 135 sort of now the new goal for you? Um, I be- I believe that's just where I'm best at. I feel good at uh, I feel good at 40, but I feel like I can get down to uh, 35 and I could be like a dominant. I could be strong at that weight. So, how tough is that for you, especially cutting that weight because? It's not like, you know, you're just chubba chub. You, you know, you're a guy who at 147, you were 145, you're kind of slim. 140, yeah. okay, you're pretty slim now. How Indeed. tough is that, that last five pounds where it's like, okay, I got to get blood from a stone. I have no idea how I'm going to do it, but, well, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um. So so I, I make 140 pretty easy. That's why I believe I can make 35. I don't – when I make 140, I don't do a water cut. I just, like, lose the weight naturally. I don't. I don't do anything really to uh, to lose the weight, so I believe I can make one thirty five easy. What's the, what's the trade off though? I mean, because at one forty, I'm guessing you can do more muscle training, strength conditioning. How much do you have to give that up now, trying to go to one one thirty five? Because you know, as I said, so all of a sudden now you might do some water weight. Now all of a sudden you got to make sure you don't get too big, so the weight cut isn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, uh. 135 it shouldn't be a problem. I don't, I don't I don't see me doing anything different. I feel like I could uh still, you know, gain muscle. I could still do all of that and still be comfortable at 35. I don't feel like it's good. it'll be a problem. We'll go back to that in a bit, but first take me to this fight. Uh, it's you versus Philip Adega. It's at Mosley on Charles, dead in mass. It's an eight-round mm-hmm. fight, and it's the uh, this will be your third year. Fifth eight-round fight. Is this the final one you and your team are planning to do? I mean, after this, is there a bit of plan to go ten rounds? Um, so I'm I'm ready for for ten. I mean, I'm ready for eight rounds. So uh, you know, I don't go in there expecting a knockout or nothing like that. So I I just believe I'm ready for the eight rounds. I go in there expecting to go eight rounds. If the knockout comes, the knockout comes. But it's not something I'm looking for. I train for eight rounds. So. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for to go eight rounds. 
what's the goal besides winning this fight? Because as you said, you're, it's 138. So are there certain things you and your team want to see you do or, or improve on? I mean, like the last two fights you've won by knockout within the fifth round. For mm-hmm. this, you know, for this fight, what's the goal? Is it, you know, go more, some more, some more rounds? Is it work on setting traps? I mean, are there certain goals that you and your team have set besides just what we want to see you win? Um, so, so the plan is always to, uh, you know, set up, do my best, and uh, try and get them out of there as early as I can. But like I said, I train for eight rounds. I'm ready for eight rounds. If it does go eight rounds, then so be it. But yeah, uh, the plan is to uh, definitely set up traps and definitely try to get them out of there as soon as possible. It's a different kind of opponent when you take on a guy like this because there you can't win. And when I say that, you know, if you win by knockout, okay, well, you, you did what you're supposed to do. You know, here's a cookie. They, you know, thank you for playing. You struggle. People say, oh, he's not that good. You lose. The whole world crumbles. So how tough is a fight like this where people are just going to look and go, oh, he's taking on a guy who's 7 and 15. It's like, no, no, no. I have everything to lose in this fight. He has nothing. He can go in out there, balls to the wall, and throw everything, you know, in, in the kitchen sink. And I get to worry about one bad punch, one bad moment, one bad 30-second spurt. Indeed. Um, so, to me, I, I treat every fight like I'm fighting a world champion. I don't care about his record, being 7-15. and 15. Boxing is boxing. You can get hit with a lucky punch and end the whole night. So, like I said, I treat every fight that I go into like I'm fighting a world champion. And for the people talking, saying, oh, it's an easy fight, he's supposed to win, this, that, and third, I just I try to ignore all of that because I'm the one in there. I'm the one sacrificing everything, and they're just watching. So, we'll go back to this in a bit. Take me back to the pandemic when it first hit, because you were speeding up a bit. You were eight and zero. You just turned pro 2017, and you've gone two fights, then three fights. 2019, it was you know four fights. Then all of a sudden, the pandemic hit, and it just how much did that affect you in terms of just the momentum where you you went from fighting October 26, 2019? Oh, your next fight wasn't going to be for over a year. And, you know, you don't, you know, you don't fight, you don't get paid. So how tough was that year for you just not having any fights, having to, you know, play the waiting game and for also like, okay, going, yeah, I can't just blow up or else I'm going to be in deep trouble. So, uh, that the pandemic was rough, I'm not gonna lie, but uh, I just me and my coach we opened up a little gym in the garage and we stayed, we stayed ready, we stayed training just in case any calls were gonna come because I knew that stuff were gonna open back up. But it was, it was rough, it was rough, it was hard to deal with. You know, you're not getting paid, you don't know when you're gonna fight again. But I just try to stay mentally strong, I try to stay, just stay in the gym and just wait for the opportunity to come to fight again. You're in New York, so I heard the horror stories where you had literally the cops show up and go, yeah, gym's got clothes, and you'd have fighters sort of like hiding, running out, trying to evade, and the cops felt bad, and the cops probably feel bad because going, we got to shut down gym. This isn't what we Indeed. signed up for. We've got the police academy. So how bizarre was it that first, you know, a couple months where it's like you have to, you, you know, you're trying to work out, and you know, gym's going, oh, hold on, five hours showing up. Hold on, everybody, hide in the, hide in the closets. How much of a bizarre yeah. world was it where it's like, you got to hide from the cops and we're not doing anything illegal? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was tough. It was tough. Uh, 
it was just, it was a rough time, man. It was a rough time. We couldn't really do nothing. It was, like you said, we had a high from the cops and like we weren't doing nothing illegal. We we're just trying to train. But like I said, that's why me and my coach, we opened up a gym in the garage and we had no problems after that. We just stayed in the garage the whole summer and just train, train, train. How weird is it about training in a garage where it's, it's all of a sudden small, so you can't bring as many sparring partners. I'm guessing, you know, you couldn't have as much equipment, so it's like, okay, well, we just, you know, it's like the Marines. You improvise. You, you find a way yeah. to do it, but it's still like, okay, this is just not what we expected here. Indeed. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was bad times. It was bad times. And now that you bring up the sparring, we were actually going to spar at a basketball court. So it was it was it was a really rough time. It was a really rough time. But like like I said, you just had to get uh get through it. Had to be mentally strong and survive that time. You mentioned before mentally survive and you know get stronger. So for you, what did you do to keep mentally strong? How do you build on that when it's so easy? It's even alone, just on a, on a motivation where it's like all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna still have that a couple beers. Yeah, maybe I have another beer. And next thing you know, you gained 170 pounds. You're 170 going, oh, crap, I'm pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So um, so during the pandemic, I, I never really stopped training because I knew, like I said, I knew stuff was going to open back up. So I was just training, 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 trying to stay ready. Gyms were getting closed down. We opened up the gym in the garage, and I just knew I had to, I had to stay, stay ready. I knew – uh, time was going to come where everything was going to open back up and me staying mentally strong. I knew what I was working for. I know I got people supporting me. I know my family didn't want me to come back, get fat, get lazy. So I just, I just kept all of them in the back of my head and I knew I had to do it for, for, for a reason. Who's part of team Bermudez? Who, as you mentioned before, you have your coach. So who is the coach, the cut man, the corner man? Like who are the people that you brought in to help? Become, help you become a world champion. So, my main coach is Hector Bermudez, which is my uncle. Um, my assistant coach, he was my coach before I came out here with Hector, is uh, Billy Growick. He's trained me through the whole amateurs before I came out here with Hector. Um, and Ryan Roach, my manager. Let's talk about, as I said, your uncle here. He's the head trainer. So, Mm-hmm. Is how weird is that sometimes though? Because it's family, so Indeed. there's a relationship between you and as fighter and trainer. But there's a relationship between you and your uncle, and we've seen it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes it fails miserably, like the Kodos. Yeah. How do you guys make it work so that you're not at each other's throats when you know training is over and you're you know having dinner, or, you know just. You know, with family and you know, one somebody's sniping at the other. Next thing you know, there's a food fight. Yeah. Uh. So sometimes we do bump heads. Not. It's rarely though. We don't bump heads a lot because, uh, he treats me like every other fighter that he has. He doesn't. He doesn't give me no special treatment. He doesn't, you know, show show me any different type of love. No nothing. He, he treats me just like everybody else in the gym. And I I uh, appreciate him for that because I don't want to be treated no different differently. I don't want to be given no handouts no nothing like that so i respect him for that how did you go about assembling this team i mean how how do you you know recruit the rest of the team and how tough was it finding people that one you could trust and two 
they understood what they what their job was. You didn't tell them like two or three times. They just knew, okay, this is what he, you know, Ray J needs. This is what we need to do to help Ray J improve. Like how, how tough was that finding people that you looked and went, okay, they get it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, when I was about, I want to say eighteen, my 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 uncle Hector, he came out, watched me train with my other coach Billy, and he was just teaching me a lot of stuff. He was uh giving me his undivided attention and he showed me a lot of things that I needed to pick up on and was was really there for me at a uh, at a time where I needed him and that helped me gain trust in him a lot. If you're just tuning in, once again, we got his uh, Ray J. Bermudez here on the show. We're getting ready for his big fight once again. It will be only on Dedham, Massachusetts. It's going to be Mosley's on the Charles. How frustrating is it for you that I'm guessing you want to be farther along in terms of you'd like to have a top 25 guy, maybe a top mm-hmm. you know 20 guy, and yet because of where everything is, because of the pandemic, because you're an independent fighter in terms of you know not with Heyman or not with top rank, not with Eddie Hearn, the options are limited. So for you, how tough is it sometimes finding quality fighters when – if you're not with the big promoters, you know, those guys are just, you know, very, very, very not, you know, accessible to you at this point. Yeah. Um, so I, it's tough. It's tough. I'm not going to lie, but I, I just, I feel like God has a plan for everybody and, um, I don't want to rush anything. And I feel like when my time is ready, my time will come. So I'm not, I'm not stressing nothing out. When do you decide to get an opponent and how tough is it? at this stage of your career where you're 23 years old. So, you know, you're trying to figure out, okay, where am I going to be in two years? You know, am I going to be at 135? Am I going to be at 140? Is it going to be at 147? Because each of those divisions, it's run by a different promoter. At 147, that's PBC territory. At 140, that's top rank. At 135, where you're trying to go to, it's you got top rank, you've got Golden Boy promotions, You've got, you know, Eddie Hearn. I mean, for you, how tough is it trying to figure out when you're still going, okay, can I make 135 for the next year or so? Will I get another growth sport? sport? When do you hope to start, you know, looking for a trainer? And when do you start trying to look for, okay, this will be my weight class going forward for the next two or three years? So I feel like 135 would be the best – best uh weight class for me i feel like everything is is settled there i feel like i could be a lot beat a lot of the top guys in that weight class so i just feel like soon like i said my time will come i'm not rushing anything i don't i don't want to uh how do i say it i don't want to leap into anything that i'm not ready for but i feel like when the time is right my time will come and i will get a call do you ever get envious of other fighters? I mean, you came out almost the same year as the 2016 Olympic team in terms of yeah. pro. And I know you're looking around. And there's Gary Antoine Russell. He's fighting on Showtime. There's Teofimo Lopez. He's headlining on ESPN. There's Charles Conwell fighting on the, the big, you know, Paul versus Woodley card. I mean, it's who you know in this sport. It's not how good you are sometimes. It's yeah. who you know who can get you ahead. 
do you ever get envious when you see some of these guys that you were probably sparring with or fighting with in the amateurs and you're going, crap, you know, I wish I could be on TV. I wish I could be on Fox, ESPN, The Zone. I mean, do you ever get, you know, envious that you don't have those options that they do? Um, no, not, not at all. I uh, like, like you said, I, I have for a lot of the, uh, the top guys that signed with top rank, uh, Eddie Hearn match room and stuff like that. I fought all of them in the amateurs, but no, I don't, I don't get envious. I, I like to, uh, you know, just focus on my goal, focus on my career. I don't like to watch anybody else's career because that's just going to leave me in a bad path. It's going to, you feel me, drain me. So I just like to stay on my goal. I don't like to watch anybody. I like I just like to to stay on my path, and again, when my time when my time is uh ready, my time will come. When do you hope? When do you hope to get it? And I guess the the question is because, as I said, you get you get to that level now where people are starting to notice you are still undefeated. Mm -hmm. You look at your record, and it's thirteen and 0, 10 knockouts. So all of a sudden now, you're probably getting you know people calling, going, "Hey." I'm this is so-and-so from top rank or so-and-so from Tom Brown promotions or, Hey, so-and-so from actual look pretty good here. Hey, we might have a spot in you in the card here. Mm -hmm. What are you looking for in your deal? And only, I don't want out here, about money because I know that, you know, you're, you're going to be coy about that, but whoever gets you, whether it's a match room, a zone and a Eddie, you know, the, an Eddie Hearn or a PBC or golden boy, what are you looking for in terms of a promoter? Like what do you want them to do to help you out? Um, really just to guide me in the right path, give me the right fights, give me, uh, great opponents. Cause I don't want, uh, no easy, no easy way out. So I just, you know, someone that could trust in me to make it to the top. It all comes back down, as you mentioned before, it's going to be this, it's going to be once again, dead in Massachusetts. It's going to be mm -hmm. Moses on Charles, you, Philip Adaika, mm -hmm. as I said, you have everything to lose, nothing to win. You have to win mm -hmm. by not everybody's expecting here. If you yep. go by decision, people will start saying, eh, eh, eh. if you lose, people are gonna go, you know, start freaking out here. So for you, how big is it just not getting caught up in all that? Not getting cut up. Well, I gotta win. I gotta win by knockout. I gotta finish this guy. How big is it just focusing on all right, first 30 seconds, first minute, and not overthink things? I'm not I'm not really big on overthinking. I I really don't care what the negative uh negative people have to say because again, like I said, I'm in there sacrificing my life and it's it's me versus another man. It's boxing, you can get hit with anything. So win, lose, or draw, I don't I don't see myself getting depressed or nothing. But um I don't I don't really uh pay attention to the uh, to the negative people, negative talkers. I just go in there and do what I have to do. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, it's going to be all the way September 24th, only at Moses on Charles. I give you once again the undefeated uh, knockout prospect himself from New York. I give you Ray J. Bermudez. Uh, Ray J., before I let you go, where can the fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the um, website? Where can fans so hit you up at? Facebook is. Ray J Bermudez, R-A-Y-J-A-Y, Bermudez, B-E-R-M-U-D-E-Z. That's on Facebook. Instagram, uh, Ray J, R-A-Y-J-A-Y, B underscore.
Ray J. Bermudez, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we are honored. It's always an honor, pleasure having this young man on the show. Uh, we come back. We got a lot more going on here, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Once again, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And we all we have a special treat here. We had earlier Ray J. Bermudez will be fighting only in Denham, Massachusetts. We're going to international here as well. We got Fury versus Wilder 3, which will be on October 9th, only on pay-per-view. And well, one story is the rise of a young heavyweights, and this man here is prior to make an impact, he'll be taking on Mike Marshall, and while he will try to keep his undefeated streak intact, I give you amateur standout, now turned pro, now pro hot prospect, making his American debut on this card, I give you it is, well, and I apologize for the, for the uh, butchering, if I, if I do screw up his name, I give you, you know him probably as Victor Faust, I give you Ukrainian, uh, Boxer puncher, I give you Victor Vikrist. Uh, Victor and gentlemen, I know that we have we have uh, his we have his translator here, uh, Andre Mission, and we have uh, Pe- uh, Petro Mission, who is trainer here. Let's start off, Victor. Big question: Why America? Why is this a fight that you and your team decide to not just take, but also fight all the way from Ukraine to your fighting down in Las Vegas, Nevada? Why are you agreeing to this fight? Віктор, перше питання, чому Америка? Ти приїжджаєш аж далекої країни, аж до Лас-Вегаса, чому ти вибрав Америку? Ну, тому що в Америці клас боксу, це Америка, ну, все йде з Америки, весь бокс, весь професіональний бокс, це Америка. Because the United States is obviously one of the best places for boxing and uh, has top uh, top level the sport is seen as at, at a top level there so that's why we figure it's the best place for me to be let's talk about your opponents mike marshall uh he, he you're a heavy favorite he's a guy who a lot of people think is just there to you know be a punching bag how tough is that when you're fighting somebody who you have everything to lose and nothing to gain i mean 
you're expected to win. You're expected to, to roll over here. How tough is it focusing on a guy like that when I'm guessing in your mind, you go, oh, this could, this should be easy. It's going to go in there. I'm going to land a big right hand, and that should be it. Давай поговорим про твого опонента. Для тебе великий фаворит в цьому бою. Як для тебе взагалі легко на легко йти в цей бій? Бо ти великий фаворит, чи ти навпаки може на тебе давати, що всі кажуть, що тобі має бути легко, насправді не так. Як ти на це все дивишся? Я к цьому бою готовлюсь, як завжди, з настроєм і з позитивом. Готовлюсь концентрировано, поэтому я готов к бою. Я не, см... не знаю, что еще ответить. Uh, I cheat this fight like I would with any other fight, regardless if I'm the favorite or not. Every fight I put 110% in. And uh, I only have one thing in mind is winning regardless of who the opponent is. What do you and your team want to see you doing this fight i know i know the goal is to win so that's the obvious one but i mean is this going to be a 10 round fight do they want to see you go more rounds do they want to see you improve on footwork i mean are there certain goals that you and your team have set up victor for you to let's say achieve in this fight besides just winning поєдинку, крім само собою, перша ціль – це перемога, а друга ціль – які у вас плани? Десять раундів, нокаут? Чи вони хочуть, щоб ти на щось може звернув увагу? Чи це, не знаю, чи це на форвард, чи щось такого? Які у вас є задачі в цьому поєдинку, крім перемоги? Ну, зрозуміло, що, прежде всього, побіда. І найголовніша задача в цьому бою – провести красиво бой показать себя американской публике с лучшей стороны и все возможное сделать, показать все, все свои лучшие кондиции, которые у меня есть. And I really put on a big show for you guys. How did this fight come about? Because, and maybe there's, I know that you're with Errol Sayin, who's your promoter out in Berlin, but you're not with Top Rank. You're not with Bob Aaron per se. I mean, you're not officially with him. How did this fight come about, especially on a card where a lot of people are going to be watching this? How did you and your team manage to make get on this fight card where You're not with either promoter. You're basically sort of a third party. Як тобі вийшло попасти на цей івент, якщо твої промоутери не топ-ранк, твої промоутери не приймають участь, можна так сказати, організації цього поєдинку, як вашій команді вийшло попасти на цей івент, що ви для того робили і так далі? На самом деле... Это вопрос к моему промоутеру. Это все благодаря ему. Я только рад тому, что я буду участвовать в таком грандиозном шоу. И для меня это большая честь. И я безумно рад. So this is a question I'm going to redirect to my promoter. As uh, this was all thanks to him. And I'm just thankful for the opportunity that we have here today. 
We'll go back to this fight a bit. Take me back to your last fight. It was all the way back in May 15th. It was against uh, Yasik Piatek, which was in a uh, box gym cologne. It was supposed to be a, a tough fight for you. He was coming in at 11-0. He was supposed to be a big step up. Take care of him within the first round. I mean, you basically get rid of this guy within less than two minutes or a little just a little bit over two minutes. Uh, what went right? Did anything go wrong? And what is that like when you can just have that perfect fight almost? And I, I know you hate, you hate that word. You, Ukrainians hate the word perfect. But is it safe to say this is almost the ideal fight for you? Just, you know, you went in there, you knocked him out, you didn't take any damage, and everything went well. Вернемося до останнього бою 15 травня. Споровся з ним більше ніж за дві хвилини. Що пішло? Ясно, що все пішло так. Що може бути? Чи були якісь нюанси, які пішли не так? І чи це можна назвати ідеальний бій? Ми знаємо, що вони люблять казати слово «ідеальний» в Україні. Але чи можна це назвати ідеальним боєм? І що ти з того лопці, що ти з того хіба поміняти на майбутнє? Chris, sorry, what was the, just because you cut out there for a second, what was the, the last part of that question? How much of this was for you, for Victor, was almost the ideal fight, where everything went right and almost nothing went wrong? Okay, okay. So it was the ideal fight, where everything went right and nothing went wrong? Or was it like that, that it could be changed? Ну, на самом деле, всегда есть над чем работать и есть куда стремиться. Тот бой, в принципе, он, бой был неплохим, но я ожидал от соперника больше, поэтому как бы даже не знаю, что ответить по, по этому бою. А в плане своих кондиций всегда есть к чему стремиться, и я всегда хочу развиваться и становиться лучше и лучше от боя к бою. Uh, that fight was, uh, on paper, it was great, but there's obviously room for improvement. Uh, there are some things that I think I could have picked up on, could have improved, sorry. And, uh, but overall, I think I would say everything went to plan. Uh, but again, there's always, there's always uh, room to improve in any condition, right? You turned pro back in 2020 and there were a lot of people I know who, who thought you know going into almost two years ago hey he's going to be you know one of the favorites to go to go to the Olympics and win the gold medal uh what made you turn pro and, and how tough was that for you this past you know year watching the Olympics you know watching pros do this and you I'm guessing feeling that should be me I should be there and you I'm a gold medal you know ceremony having that gold medal draped around my neck я став професіоналом у 2020 році, на той момент був фаворитом кітина Олімпіади і виграти олімпійське золото. Чому ти вибрав на той момент, чому ти обрав піти в професіонали? І зараз, коли була Олімпіада літом, чи для тебе було тяжко, можна сказати, неприємно бачити церемонії, де виграють золото, і чи тебе не було думки, це, мабуть, мав бути б я? Я з тих людей, які не дивляться назад, і хочу дивитися тільки вперед, тому все, що було до, 
было до. Я выбрал для себя другой путь, перейти в профессионалы. И сейчас главные цели и задачи стоят здесь. Поэтому смотрю только вперед и хочу двигаться в профессиональном направлении и становиться чемпионом мира. Um, so I don't have any regrets. That's a decision I made to go professional. And my only goal right now is to rise at the top of the professional ranking. What got you into this in the first place? I mean, this is a very dangerous sport. You don't, as they say in America, you don't play boxing. You know, this isn't, you know, a sport where you just, nobody, you know, you can walk away after, you know, 30 years, 40 years and still be healthy. It takes a toll on you. So for you, what made you fall in love with boxing at an early age? What made you decide to become a boxer in the first place? Тобто це не спорт, який ти там через 30-40 років зможеш після нього просто вийти, як нічого не вбувало. Це тобто спорт, який все-таки лише тобі якісь побічні факти. Чому ти обрав цей спорт і як це взагалі все виглядало, і чи ти про це не жалієш? Ну, на самом деле, я вибрав цей вид спорту якраз таки не за того, що тут грають, а за того, що це жорсткий вид спорту. Мене це привлекло. И э, какая-то опасность, э, риск, по крайней мере, не меня очень сильно привлекает. Поэтому э, бокс для меня это не просто спорт, бокс для меня это жизнь. Поэтому это мой вид спорта, и я этим живу. Поэтому я и выбрал его, потому что это часть меня. Well, Chris, exactly like you said, you don't play with boxing. You know, it's something you choose, and that's exactly what uh, what we had. That's exactly what Victor did. He chose it for because it's so extreme. He chose it for the danger, and it's just a part of his life now. He uh, can't see himself without it. And like like you said, the main reason he picked it was uh, uh, was due to uh, was exactly what like you said because you don't play around, right? It's really it's a really aggressive sport. It's really extreme, and that's exactly what drives them and motivates them every day to get up, go train, and uh, to become the best. It's we've, we've had the pleasure in America of seeing a lot of the rise of the Ukrainians, whether it was uh, yourself, whether it's Alexander Yusik, uh, Viktor Lomachenko. You even have a guy sort of Ivan Baranchuk. We've all arrived. And for years, you, you know, it was just Russia, Russia, Russia. Now Ukraine has become the big powerhouse in boxing. How much do you enjoy this, Victor, that, you know, you're part of this makeup. You're part of this rise where it's now everybody's going, well, Ukraine, you know, well, the best fighters come out of Ukraine. It's no longer, well, they can all come out of Russia or they all come out of Cuba. It's, hey, you got to look out for those Ukrainians because they, you know, they are some of the best boxers in the world. You are part of this movement that has helped Ukraine become a boxing hotbed. Victor, зараз з України виходять такі бійці, як Усик, Ломаченко, Іван, не фамілію. І дуже багато професіоналів виходять з України. А раніше 
який скаже, що це виходило без Росії або з Куби. Як ти дивишся взагалі на розвиток в Україні і How much does he enjoy the fact that he's helped make you know the Ukraine a boxing hotbed? But you know, but some but now but you know he helped start sort of this movement of Ukraine becoming a boxing, you know, powerhouse. На самом деле, толком я не понял вопроса, но я рад, что я с Украины. У нас очень большая конкуренция в каждом весе. У нас действительно безумно талантливые и хорошие тренера. Поэтому украинские боксеры реально одни из лучших боксеров в мире. Поэтому все супер, все классно. И я рад, что я с Украины. Uh, You know, he can represent Ukrainian boxing. He's also very happy to be among the leaders in it. And, uh, yeah, Ukrainian boxing is really on a rise right now. Like you said, because it's a powerhouse and it's only getting stronger every year. And, uh, you know, we have an elite of four or five boxers now, but that number is only going to grow and continue to rise as the years go by. It all comes back down for you on October 9th. It's, as we mentioned before, Wilder versus Fury 3. It's Victor Faust versus Mike Marshall. It's a showcase fight for you, for a lot of people. But you're 7-0 with five knockouts. A lot of people think you should be able to dominate against Mike Marshall. You have everything to lose. He has nothing. He can go out there, throw caution to the wind, score a knockout. People talk about him, and they'll poo-poo you. How do you not let the pressure get to you? How do you just focus on the fight, not worry about looking great, scoring a first-round knockout? How, how, for Victor Vikris, how much of this fight is about just focusing on the first minute, first two minutes, first three minutes? Say B, дуже-дуже відповідальний до того опонента, йому, в принципі, байдуже, який він поставив результат, але так, як тебе, це тут великий фаворит, а, чи на тобі є дуже зараз сильний тест, по-перше, і по-друге питання, чи для тебе зараз головна стратегія, наскільки тобі зараз важливо там знову показати результат в першому раунді, в першій хвилині, так далі, чи тебе іначе там? Ну, на самом деле, я отношусь к этому поединку как к всем поединкам. Каждый поединок для меня важен. И на этот поединок я не ставлю определенных задач. Я буду делать так, как мне будет позволять соперник мой. Поэтому я буду выходить и делать свою задачу максимально. А на рахунок теску ты вещеваешь за расстояние теску? То, что ты великий фаворит Авиния? Ну, на самом деле... Это бейся на тебя тесты, что тебе байдут? На самом деле я просто не обращаю на это внимания. Я делаю свою задачу и не обращаю на все внимания. I don't pay attention to the fact whether or not, you know, there's the opponent is not a favorite, whether I'm the favorite, the other guy's a favorite. Regardless of the situation, I only care about one outcome and that's to get the win. Uh, as far as, you know, snatching him out in the first round or later on in the fight, 
Um, that all depends on uh, how the fight goes, regardless of the fact, whether it's in the first round or later on, I'm sure they will be victorious. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we have it is none other than Ukrainian powerhouse, undefeated prospect. I give you it is Viktor Vikrist on the show. Once the, or you, otherwise, for us Americans who can't pronounce Ukrainian, it's Viktor Faust. Uh, Victor, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? Where can fans hit you up at? Victor, first thing, we're going to finish the news. Tell us, please, our fans. Where can we find you? It's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's website. Where are you from? Ну, на самом деле, я есть и в Инстаграме, и в Фейсбуке. В принципе, больше я нигде не сижу. И... Я, я не сильно люблю себя рекламировать, но я всегда за общение и рад буду, если будут люди добавляться и следить за мной. Поэтому я есть везде, в Инстаграме, в Фейсбуке, везде. Well, Chris, I let my actions speak for myself. I don't really like to advertise myself. That being said, however, I, I, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. For all my fans that want to reach out, give me a shout out. You know, even uh, send me a message. I'd be uh, more than happy to chat with everybody. And uh, my Instagram page is Victor Faust Lifthus. So that's Victor with a K underscore Faust underscore my last name. So if you guys want to add me, be, I'll be more than happy to uh, everyone that reaches out to me to uh, say hello to them as well. Victor Faust, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are honored and pleasure to have you on the show. We come back. Final thoughts only on it is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. I want to thank my, my two wonderful guests. We had Ray J. Bermudez. He'll be fighting this Friday night at basically dead in Massachusetts. Looking forward to seeing him in action. Well, it's always great when you see young prospects get their some momentum and keep busy, especially during the last pandemic. We also had Victor Faust joining us, and he'll be fighting October 9th against Mike Marshall in a heavyweight scrap. Well, I'm interested to see what happens with him. He's a huge, talented prospect from Ukraine, uh, two-time amateur world champion. 
definitely a guy you want to look for and keep your eye on as he just has a lot of power, a lot of skill, somebody that definitely could make some noise the next couple of years. Speaking of heavyweight division, it's going to be this this Saturday is going to be a big fight. It's it's uh, Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua. And it's a big fight for both parties. Uh, for Joshua, he needs to get momentum back. And it's been an adventure for him. Yes, you know, he he beats Andy Ruiz in a rematch. But, was, but a lot of people said, well, Ruiz looked very pudgy, out of shape. He, you know, in between he has a, a nice win against, you know, a mandatory challenger. But he's, he, ever since the, the first Ruiz lost, you it's almost like he lost some of that mystique. And when I say that, you know, back in the day, people were going, he would, can anybody beat him? You know, we were talking about him versus Wilder. You know, there was even talk with him, ver, you know, versus Fury. And when that fight fell through, it, it was just, you could hear, the, you know, the wind coming out of the sails of boxing fans. And look, you know, this is, it's, it's a nice sort of, well, bronze medal for us, for the fans. Look, Alexander Usyk, he is probably one of the best pure boxers in the heavyweight division. He was undefeated, a sensation at cruiserweight. He was, like Joshua, an Olympic gold medalist at heavyweight, not super heavyweight. He can make people look bad. But we gotta look at the tail of the tape, and you know, for people who are picking Joshua, we look at this simple. Anthony Joshua is six foot six with an eighty-two inch reach. He comes in at about two hundred forty-five pounds. He has a very impressive, you know, he's twenty-four and one with twenty-two of those wins by knockout, including uh, his last win over Kubrat Pulev, where he just basically. Beat the hell out of him. And people look at Usyk and go, okay, well, it's it's nice, but Usyk's going to be the smaller guy. He's giving up four inches in reach. He's giving up an inch and a half, you know, in height. He's fought mostly at 199 pounds. He'll probably come in at about 215. It's, and you look at his only sort of heavyweight fights and – you know, Chaz Witherspoon, we didn't learn much from because Chaz Witherspoon was cooked. He went with distance with Derek Chisora, which was, you know, it was a good performance, but it was kind of a close fight. And there were times in the early rounds that Chisora had, you know, his way with them. And Chisora is not a guy you look and go, well, he, he's a great heavyweight. Chisora is a guy that's sort of... A gatekeeper. He's a guy who, as he said, look, look, he's 32 and 11. Some of those losses have been controversial, but for the most part, he's a guy who loses to elite heavyweight fighters. And we've seen that. You know, he lost twice to Dillian White. He lost to Kubra Pulev. He lost to Joseph Parker, Tyson Fury, David Hay, you know, Vitaly Klitschko, Robert Eleni. The list goes on. And so that while it's great that Dusik won, you look and you go, well, what happens when he gets cracked by a real heavyweight? What happens when, 
You know, he can't just outbox somebody for 12 rounds when he can't frustrate them, when he can't use his reach. For Joshua, it's very simple. I think people want to see the old Anthony Joshua where he was just a force of nature, knocking people out left and right, you know, dominating them. And I get it. Look, Ruiz fight, you know, the first fight, it was just a perfect storm. He got concussed. Took, a, took on a guy who was just sort of full of self-belief, who would come in and, you know, got experience against a much bigger guy. And we'll see what happens. As I said, it's it's going to be an interesting fight. And there's a lot on the line for all parties. There's a lot on the line, you know, for Anthony Joshua. If he wins... He starts banging the wardrooms again for the winner of Fury versus Wilder. He starts, you know, getting back in talk for, you know, fighting the United States when, you know, everything settles down. If he, if he beats you unanimously, I think a lot more people are going to get back on the hype, start, you know, talking about Joshua's an all-time great. It's for Usyk, this is his moment. He always said that he, you know, him and his team have always believed we could beat any heavyweight. Now this is their time. They're taking on the heavyweight champion. Yes, he's much bigger. Yes, he's much stronger. But this is basically what you signed up for. No. As I said, it's going to be once again this September 25th. It'll be only on the zone. you got to check it out. I'm looking forward to it here. Uh, we got to wrap this up. So once again, for my wonderful guest, for Ray J. Bermudez, for Victor Faust, this is Chris Connor saying, I'm out here, everyone. Have a great rest of the day. We'll be back on Friday with some more wonderful guests. Can't tell you about it yet. Uh, stay tuned, vote for more great action here only on it is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.